Hi, I'm Lavetta. Hi, I'm Miriam. And this is Notorious Women Podcast. A comedy podcast. About some of history's most notorious women. Bam! <laughs> we did it! We did it! It only took two years. <laughs> I know. It's quick. It's fine. It's so funny. I was listening to last week's episode Uh-oh. and I started and you were like, I was like, I was waiting for oh, you. Oh, man. <laughs> that was bad. If we don't have eye contact, you guys, we have eye contact today. Yes. So, but when we don't, it's probably funnier. It is. It's sad. <laughs> it's our bit. It's a running bit. It's a you bit. know? Um, so, actually, okay, now I know. <laughs> okay. I'm like, who's on first? What's on second? I could go on, but no one wants me to. So, I'll stop. Well, before we get started, though, because we haven't done this in a while, I wanted to uh, give a shout out to our new uh, followers on Instagram because we haven't done that in a while. So uh, thank you guys again for following us. We really appreciate it. Um, And so I want to say thank you to Chrissy, Chrissy's Poor 87. Thank you for following us. Chrissy's Poor 87. Thank you, Chrissy's Poor. Samuel Oliveira. Mm, you can do this. Yeah, it is. Samuel Oliveira. Samuel Oliveira mm-hmm. Cafaro. Yes. Thank you, Samuel. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm sorry for butchering your name. Um, and then J Mart, J Mart 0163. Thank you for following us. Woo woo. Podcast underscore highlight started following us. Thank you. Hey, hey. Appreciate it. Katie Krivani, thank you, Katie Krivani, and I'm sorry if I butchered your name, but thank you, Katie, for following us. Jen underscore XOXO underscore 76. Mm-hmm. You gotta love a XOXO. I love XOXO. Come it makes on. the world a better place. Thank you, Jen. I really do believe that. It's true. Send that love out into the world. Thank you so much. And uh, actually, you know, we actually, this this person, um, this account did not follow us, but I wanted to give them a shout out because I thought it was really cute. Their handle is Mixed Chicks Sorority 35. <laughs> they liked the Sally Hemings post. Oh. Yeah. So thank you for hey guys. Um, liking that post. But I really wanted to get to our um, listener, Jess, who sent us the sweetest email. Jess, thank you so much. I was feeling a little down. And we Aww. do this every week. We're not sure people are listening. And so but we, we just, love it and we hope we reach people and so we keep going. Yeah. So I wanted to read her sweet, sweet email. I think just as a lady. I think so. But it could be a guy. It could be a guy. It could be uh, non-gender conforming. If, or it could be, I mean, Gilmore Girls. Yes, Girl. exactly. Jess. Exactly. So I just to say that the way that Rory would say it. <laughs> Jess. I love that show. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jess sent us a note uh, last week. Hi, ladies. I want to give you a quick shout out and let you both know how much I love your podcast. Oh. You make long drives home from work stuck in traffic much more bearable. Oh. Much love from Baltimore, MD. Jess Price. Oh, thank you, Jess. Thank you, Jess. Thank you. We love you, too. We and so, really, really appreciate that. We really, really do. I mean, uh, you know, you do these things and you're never sure. Who's listening? You throw it into the ether and hope yeah. that, you know, people who need you find you. Yeah, exactly. Because you know? we want to, you know, we do this for us as much as we do this for the listeners, but we want people to be entertained and learn something. So Yeah, that's you know? the idea. We kind of wanted to put out what we want. Yeah. That's how, when we talked about it, when we first started talking about that's it, true. like what we like. Right. And right. then so, you know, 
here we are. Here we are. We're back together again. Together at last. You know, it makes me think of, do you ever uh, remember that? uh, I think it was Mad TV. Like, because I, I remember, remember the lady. I remember Mad that TV. TV is so funny. You are the love of my life. Nope, don't know that one. So they basically is were like Stephanie. If Stephanie did it, then no, I... it was the lady who's on um, uh, Family Guy with it. She's on uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, uh, what's her Alex name? Bernstein. Yeah, her mm-hmm. and um, I think the guy to play Tommy with the. I think it is. He's got blonde hair and like really, really blue eyes. Um, they were playing like like carnival cruise singers <laughs> i mean i don't even remember it but i i mean i love it already but it just kind of reminds me of like those like i don't know it seems like they could have been on an episode of the love boat and they just had the song you are the love of my life <laughs> and it's just like a duet i don't know anyway but that's awesome every time i hear that so anyway so should we get started darling let's get started since we are back from thanksgiving you had a wonderful thanksgiving i did i took my children ice skating for the very first time oh how fun it was it was it happened (laughs) ice skating's hard (laughs) okay so it is hard it was actually fine they actually like emotionally did really well my kids really you've met them like they have they have like very strong emotions yeah um they feel all the feelings um but they were like okay and my one of my kids like he's like mommy let go and i was like no okay fine oh it was very like it was very metaphorical but it's slippery and i want to save you forever but you also need to learn how to skate on your own and i let go of his hand and he did it wow because yeah, i don't think i could do that i couldn't i fell when i was little like i he, tried it as an adult and it hurt the bejesus out of my ankles i was like this is hard it's funny because i was holding their hands so tight and keeping them like upright yeah that the whole right side of my body is very very Aww. sore <laughs> But the, but it was really fun, and my whole family was there. So, like, you could leave them with an aunt or a grandma and be like, can you watch them? We're going to go around, like, four times. We'll be back. That's you know? a great activity. So it was fun. It was We have to do it again for them to be, like, you know, like a little bit better. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But kids are so – they're tougher than we give them credit they for. They really are. Because we forget what it's like to be that age. We're just like, I want to go. At one, at one point, <laughs> one of the kids that could do it, he was skating, 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 and then he fell. Yeah. But he was near the wall, and he just grabbed the yeah. wall and pulled himself back up. It's us adults are like, oh, you poor baby. You like, gone to the ER for that. Oh, yeah. Moment. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> everything would have hurt. Been like, oh, my Lord. But like, it just – it hurt them. They'd be like, here's lots of Advil. Go home. <laughs> Basically. Um, so, okay, so let's get started. So I think this week I'm first. You know, Levetta, um, if only I would retain any sort of information, I would be able to discuss with you who might be first or second. But Miriam. Instead. I literally just looked it up like five minutes ago okay. and I have forgotten that's briefly. Really, that's okay. So we're both kind of sad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Basically. So this week, mine's a little short this week because uh, usually I'm very long winded. Um, <laughs> I know this about myself. Um, I am somewhat self-aware, but I, so this actually came from one of our patrons. Oh. Um, and if you want to be a patron of Notorious Women podcast, go to patreon.com slash Notorious Women. And you have the power to tell us who to talk about. That's right. Uh, Linda. Oh, okay. One of our favorites, Yay. Linda. She sent me this um, maybe about a month ago or maybe a couple weeks ago, maybe. But I was, you know, because every time we're like, oh, we got to record, I got to yep. figure out something. Like, oh, uh, you go through like 
down. I tend to like try to go through regions. Yeah. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. So well, because because of our subject matter, it could be: Do we want to go? You know, fourteen hundred. Do we want to yeah. go bad girl? Do we want to go good girl? Yeah. Do we want to go saint? Do we want to go sinner? Like sometimes I'll be down like the sinner path and find the saint that's somewhat more interesting. Yeah, and that and there, I, there I have it. Yeah. So, but she gave us this, and you know, I'm so glad that she suggested this uh, woman because I don't think I would have found her otherwise. Who is? So she? my notorious woman this week is Maria Orosa. Yeah, I wouldn't have found her either. Maria Orosa is a Filipina. Okay. Uh, and she was born on November 29th, 1893 in Tal Batangas in the Philippines to Simplici... Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do this. To Her father's name was Simplicio A. Orosa, and her mother was Juliana... Mm. <laughs> Why? It's like Y-L-A-G-A-N. Il... Ilagan. I feel like it's Ylang Ylang. You know, you know that. Ylang Ylang. So, uh, you know what? I should stop. Ilangan. So we can Google it. Juliana Ilangan Orosa. That's her mama. That sounds beautiful. Yeah. Whatever it's beautiful. you said just now sounded very pretty. And I won't try it again because no, I will butcher it. I think we're good. Um, <laughs> and they were working class people and they had a small business. Okay. Uh, now, when she was still a child, her father died. So she began helping her mother out in the family store. Okay. Um, now, she came from a large family. They were working class, and she had seven other siblings. Well, hi. No birth control, girl. <laughs> that sounds exhausting. Her poor mother. I just, and she's working in a store. I don't understand. But maybe she was very happy. Yeah, I'm she sure she was, but like, you can be happy and tired. So I have a theory. <laughs> that because that? their underwear wasn't so clingy, mm-hmm. that's how she got away with no UTIs. Oh, that's true. It's a theory. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, but maybe a yeast infection. Because you're obsessed with the UTI. I just, how do you have that many babies in that part of the world in, like, not that part of the, but that time period? Yeah. Like, you know? Because she was born in 1893. Now she'd be like, I need an antibiotic. And I'd be like, here. Yeah. But then. I wonder if people's immune system were just stronger then. Must be stronger. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Who knows? But Seven. um, Seven siblings. So it was eight of them. Um, now, even though she had a large working class family, all of the kids were smart and did well in school. Um, and all of them, or many of them eventually became very distinguished in their respective okay. fields in, and very well known in the Philippines. I mean, sounds like mama was a good mama. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, raised good kids. So now Maria, after high school, she earned a bachelor's and a master's degree in pharmaceutical chemistry from the University of the Philippines in Manila. That sounds incredible to me. Yeah. In, in that time period, when you're like, you have one kid and you're trying to get them to get into middle school. Yep. And she, out of eight kids, did yep. that in did this that. time. It's a woman. That's yeah. amazing. So not only uh, did Miss Smarty Pants Marie, Maria yeah, she's uh, get a, fair. a bachelor's <laughs> and a master's. Oh, get ready to feel very inadequate. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> she also went on to get an additional degree in food chemistry from the University of, of Washington. Wow. Yeah. So. so she moved to the States? Yeah, moved to the States okay. to go to school in Washington. Okay. Um, now while in college she worked, so during the summer she'd worked in a, 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 in fish canneries in Alaska. Oh yeah. I've heard of this. So, so cause she's a food chemist basically, yeah. which 
there has to be food chemists and they make lots and lots of wonderful things that we all eat. Yeah, we we should thank them maybe right now. But for I'm doing so what they do. I'm so curious that that she even knew that that was a job. I didn't. Did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. Did anyone say Lavetta, would you like to be a food chemist when you Yeah, grow? it's just like you're like, "Oh, okay. I didn't know that was a thing." Okay. So, yeah. So but that's she, the only thing that makes sense. But it's amazing. That's why we're not all poisoned right now. No, yeah. 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 Now, after graduation of her third degree in 1922. Because she was bored. Go on. So she has three degrees in 1922. Yeah, that's cool. Amazing. Whatever. She was offered <laughs> a job as an assistant chemist at the university at, at Washington State and at the Washington State government. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but she decided to return home. Okay. Now, which is so great because, you know, so often if you leave like the island or if you leave like, you know, your small country, go to the States, you're like, I've made it now. But she's like, no, I want to go back. And she went back because she really loved the Filipino people. Okay. Um, Now, initially when she returned home, she taught home economics at the Centro Escolar University, then transferred to the Philippine Bureau of, of Sciences Food Preservation Division. Okay. Yeah. That's where she belongs. Yeah. As a food chemist and innovator, Maria saw that the Philippines was heavily reliant on imports like tomatoes. Oh. At the same time, she understood and envisioned the vast potential of a great many products endemic to the island nation. Yeah. When used properly, could make the country more Mm self-sufficient. Which is so like... Always better. Always better. So, she also wanted to help the Filipino people... wait, I'm sorry. She's a woman? I know. Because that's her little very, lady brain. That's a very intelligent thing to discover and focus on. <laughs> so I'm just very confused. Can you imagine all the the fucking, dickwads that she met? She's got to, you know, like, uh, yeah. And they're like, let me just open the door for you. Yeah. And then one day, maybe I'll listen to your ideas. It's like, little lady, uh, don't you already know how to cook? I mean, you know. why don't you go home and do that for your husband and 95 children? Yeah, exactly. So uh, now she so she wanted the she wanted to help the Filipino people become more self-sufficient as well as to empower Filipino families. So she organized 4-H clubs in the islands which had more than 22,000 members by 1924. So wow. she's only 2 years out of college. Wow. As well as traveled into the barrios to teach women how to raise chickens, preserve local produce and plan healthy meals. 1924. That's incredible. Yeah. She even invented the palayok oven to enable families without access to electricity to bake as well as develop recipes for local produce, including cassava, bananas, and coconut. She invented an oven? With, that worked without electricity. That worked without electricity? Listen. That's not even in her studies. Again, I feel very inadequate. Yeah, uh, no, I feel, I'm going back to school right now. <laughs> What ha- my lady brain could be better. I know. So I'm going to like, I can't figure out how to do this. I can't even figure out how to put a battery. How does my fucking oven turn on sometimes? I don't you know, know what girl. I'm saying? I, yeah. I'm a uh, house sitting and at this. The plus goes next to the other plus. Oh, is, is that? Yeah. And then there's a negative on the other side. So I thought you it was. want them to match up. I thought it was plus and negative. Go, mm, no. No. Is that no, why it's not working? That's why it's not working. Okay. So you can show it to me next time. Okay. Bye. I'm just kidding. Show it to a man. <laughs> exactly. I'm house sitting and the oven is electric. Yes. I grew up with an electric oven. I did too. And I, I think it. I didn't realize until like as an adult, when you start cooking more, 
Yeah. Because I'd heard this uh, this podcast recently about um, they're trying, I think it's in Vietnam, they're trying to get the local chefs to stop using um, gas and to use more electricity. Why? Um, for like, you know, cons- uh, conservation reasons. Right. And the local chefs are like, the food tastes so different when you use. Yes. And you know, and I was like, what are they talking about? And because now mm-hmm. I'm house sitting no. and I've been trying to cook like my healthy meal. It's not delicious. It's not coming out the way. Yeah. No, I, when I, when I first moved here, I stayed with my parents and they have an electric and I grew up that grew up. This is the house I grew I up in. I feel like gas ovens are something like, people in the country I, had or. I mean, I think it was just a way of modernizing. Yeah, right. Our, our lifestyles. And I was, I remember like, it's funny. We're talking about it right now. I would make things that I was making every day, like my eggs and like crispy kale and whatever I had. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a mommy with a small baby. So I had very much a routine. Yeah, of yeah. Both babies and food. Yeah, yeah. That way, they ate, I ate, everyone was right. at least functioning, right? Right. And I remember, like, I was trying to, I remember, my mom was like, do you want to put cheese on that? And I thought, yeah, maybe I should put cheese on that. Because <laughs> I was like, why is it not delicious? Yeah, why? Yeah. And so I, so when I heard that report recently, I was like, huh. And then I've had this experience. And I was like, why is, why is my big chicken not coming out? It's not that. It doesn't have that layer over it that, There's that no, like, crispy, crispy layer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fire is I can't, good. So back Can you in- imagine how good food was like a thousand years ago? It must have been so good. Yep. Especially when they like, discovered spices. Right? Yeah. They just put a little like salt and garlic on it. Yep. And yep. damn. Mm. Well, Maria showed uh, women in the barrios how to cook without electricity. So I don't know if it's um, gas. I don't know what she did, but she taught them how to innovate. That's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, it, I it's life changing for a lot of uh, oh, families. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, now she also, she created, which is arguably one of the most popular, if not the most popular condiment in the Philippines, which is banana ketchup. I've heard of this banana ketchup. It's a banana sauce with mashed bananas vinegar and spices with a little red dye added so it looks like ketchup it became a favorite condiment and cooking ingredient in the islands after she created it wow you know it sounds kind of good actually no i have to find it now now that i've, I've done I my research like I've heard of you it. can find it here i'm sure yeah now in fact in 1942 mag magdolo v francisco senior is credited with mass producing Banana oh. ketchup because it, he saw it was so popular where she first uh, started giving it out and helping people, and it became a fixture in the in Filipino households. So today, every Filipino Everyone people, has it. yeah, it's yeah, that's amazing. This is she created this, like that's amazing. I don't understand. Yeah. She's both brilliant and creative. I yes, <sighs> yes, and innovative. Yeah. Now, um, to this day, it's used as a condiment that, that accompanies many popular dishes such as tortang talong, an eggplant omelet. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Yes. Fried chicken, hamburgers, mm. and Filipino spaghetti. Pasta with banana ketchup, sliced hot dogs. <laughs> that sounds oh good. God. That's a kid's, that's a, that's my, a kid's my like, children would be all right? over that. Kids are like, yay, hot dogs and spaghetti. Actually, I feel like I had that when I was a this kid a lot. Is everything right. Um, now she also developed wines and, uh, calamenta nip, a desiccated and powdered form of citrus fruit. 
oh. also used to make um, calamansi juice, um, along with the banana ketchup and other rest. Yeah. She ultimately became head of the home economics division and organized its division of food preservation. Using both her local and technical knowledge, she also made culinary contributions and taught proper preservation methods for native dishes, such as adobo. Adobo is is an, a I've Spanish word, yeah. but it's meat, seafood, or vegetables marinated in vinegar, so- soy sauce, garlic, and black peppercorns to create a brown sauce. Yeah, I've had it. It's very it delicious. so delicious. I've had Filipino food not a lot in my life, but every time I've had it, it's very delicious. It's very delicious. I just don't know how to order Oh, gotcha. I so I have a friend. Yeah, you need to go in to New the... York who's Filipino, and yeah, so yeah. every time, and but we we'd go to every restaurant every so often. We'd be like, can we go to the Filipino restaurant? Which okay, <laughs> yeah, I know because she's probably like ah, yeah, um, she's like sick of it. And also, so adobo, and then um, now I'm gonna butcher this. Excuse me, dinuguan, a savory stew, kilawin. A raw seafood dish similar to ceviche, 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 ceviche. and escabeche, a food or meat dish also marinated in vinegar but has saffron, so it's yellow. Oh, yummy! I am so deli- I am so hungry now because so it all sounds now. very delicious. All I want to do is go find a Filipino yeah. restaurant. So because of her, all of this, she helped them like preserve this and and just that helps not just with the food and balancing out nutritional mm-hmm. needs but with their culture yes it's it's to be connected to your culture yes through food is such a huge thing we don't mm-hmm. give it enough credit yeah um oh god now i want to go to philippines and have all these dishes oh lavetta oh it sounds so delicious oh my god um it's now really beautiful there oh now during world war ii because oh, war ruins every fucking thing it does it gets, I feel like every time we talk about anyone in the century, like in, in the last century born before World War II, it's like this happened, that happened, this was good, that was great, and then World War II, and there's this like gap of things, this pause. Innovation pauses, everything. So now uh, during World War II, in fact, 10 hours after, just 10 hours after the attack on Pearl Harbor, oh, God. the invasion of the Philippines started. Shit. On December 8th, 1941. Yeah. As uh, as uh, Pearl Harbor, American air- aircraft were severely damaged in the initial Japanese attack. So lacking air cover, the American fleet in the Philippines withdrew to Java on oh. December 12, 1941. Because that, that was actually bombing? part of it. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Japan occupied the Philippines. Huh. So they started the, the uh, occupation Jesus. of the Philippines. And they were there for over three years until the Japanese surrender in August of 1945, right? Wow. So now during the occupation, Maria became part of the resistance and used her food science background to invent uh, soyalak, a protein-rich powdered soybean product, and Duroc, a rice bran powder rich in thiamine and other vitamins which she and other resistance fighters were able to conceal and hollowed uh, bamboo sticks and smuggled to civilians in prison at the University of Santo Tomas in the capital, as well as Japanese-run prisoner of war camps in Capas and uh, Mm. Corregidor. 
Sounds good. Uh, now, the powder saved the lives of many starving, wow. imprisoned gorillas and U.S. soldiers also. And also her tiki-tiki cookies made using Dorak also saved many civilian lives during wartime food sh- shortages. Wow. So she used her knowledge she of food science. Food science saved lives. I mean, we need to talk about this more often. Right? Because that's incredible. It kind of reminds they, me. So the powder, they just eat the powder? Uh, I think they would use the powder to make stuff, you know, kind of like porridge or like, so, you know, so maybe mix it with water, water or something or okay. uh, I'm, I'm assuming or you mix it with maybe bananas or something like that. Because maybe they're like, you can only have bananas, but bananas doesn't have right. enough I mean, nutrients. They generally did feed people like a little, a little yeah. to keep them alive so they can yeah. work, you know. Yeah. Um, so she this is amazing. It, it kind of reminds me. Have you ever seen The Martian? Yes. Where oh, he's yeah. up there and he makes the the potatoes. Mm, he like, figures that out. Was, that's the scene I remember the most, actually. Yeah. He and you're like, he's like, okay, I need this much. And I, but I'm like, because I remember when that scene started, I was like, that's kind of genius. That's why you have to be so smart to go to space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you and I are not going to space. No, because I'd be I'm like, not, well, I guess I'm, I'm going to die. Putting you down. Well, I guess I am. No, but it's true. It's true. Me down. And it's we true. would just die. I would die. Yeah. I'd be like, I guess I could eat dirt I, I don't i got nothing i got i'd be like why am i here what happened yeah i know better Ugh. this is why they put this is why you need to be smart to have important jobs <laughs> so we're important humans though. i know yeah but we just can't be trusted with important jobs that's all. i mean but this is something that when she was studying she just wanted to help her people and create something delicious like um banana ketchup but right and to, to keep yeah. Not just to survive. Yeah. But then she ended up doing things yeah. just to survive. And that's something to help with food shortages. Right. Like, it's just amazing. It's kind of like it reminds me of like powdered milk. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like you just mix it with water or like people talk about that kind of stuff. But there's a reason why somebody figured out how to make powdered milk. Yeah, there's a re- there was a need. You know, Kool-Aid. They weren't bored. <laughs> you know, dehydrated anything, yeah. you yeah, know. Yeah, pretty much. When you go to space, they have dehydrated food. I was going to say a lot of it has uh, was discovered when during the space race like yeah. when they were trying to figure out how, how to, to how to, how to feed people yeah. how to give them nutrients so they get all of their vitamins and you know stay healthy so um now although her family and friends urged her to leave manila for uh for her hometown as uh american filipino and japanese forces battled to control the city yeah she refused insisting that as a soldier she needed to remain at her post unfortunately on february 13th 1945 Maria Orosa died of shrapnel wounds after being hit first in her government office during an American bombing raid. Oh my God. Then the hospital to which they took her to was bombed. Shit. And another shrapnel pierced her heart. Oh my God. Killing her instantly on February 13th, 1945. Holy shit. Yeah. War is bad. War is bad. Because imagine what she would have been able to do. I'm so sad. After the war. Yeah. Yeah. And she died if uh, she had lived another six months. Yeah. She would have. Yeah. She would have been fine. Now, though she died at a very young age at How 51. Old? Jesus. She has not been forgotten. The American Red Cross gave her a humanitarian award for her food smuggling efforts. Nice. Her niece, Helen Orosa de Rosario, in 1970, published a book entitled Maria Orosa semicolon her life and work uh which was uh included which included 700 of her recipes 
Wow. Yeah. And of course, the Philippines are insane about her, as they should be. The Philippines I'm so has, glad to know about her. I, think I know, right? I'm to know about her. The Philippines has officially recognized her contributions. Her home province, Batangas, installed a bus and a, hist- and a historical marker. A street in Ermita, Manila, where the Philippine Court of Appeals is located, is named after her, oh. as is a building in the Bureau of Plant Industry. During the 65, uh, 65th anniversary of the Institute of Science and Technology, she became one of 19 scientists receiving special recognition. Also, uh, on uh, November 29, 1983, the National, uh, no, the Bureau of Plant Industry in San Andreas, Manila, um, installed a marker in, in her honor. Um, in commemoration of her centennial an- anniversary, the Philippine Postal Corporation issued a postage stamp in her honor. Oh, that's great. Her hometown of Tal um, also celebrated the 125th anniversary of her birth uh, on November 29th, 2018, so last year. And then on November 29th this year. Yeah. So it just like happened. yesterday. Google celebrated her 126th birthday with a Google Doodle. Oh my God! I'll put that on our page. Put it on our yeah, page. I found. I thought it was I so cute. <laughs> so that is my notorious woman, Maria Rosa. She is incredible, right? Wow! Yeah. Thank you for bringing. Thank you for suggest Linda, right? Hey, yeah, Linda. Thank Linda, you, Linda. Thank you for bringing her to our attention. Yeah, because I would have. I don't think it, it, or I would have maybe discovered her way down the line or something. But. It's not wholly impossible. But. Yeah. So. That's my notorious That's woman. That's amazing. Who's your notorious woman okay, this so week? So my notorious woman, I have almost done her oh. so many times. Okay. And then I was looking through things and I got a song stuck in my head. And I'm like, I'm just going to go for it. Her name is Elizabeth Schuyler Hamilton, a.k.a. Eliza. Hamilton! A.k.a. Eliza! <laughs> and Peggy. The Skylers. Okay, I I will gonna... throw away my shot. Okay, no, no, no. so Lavetta has not listened to this as much as no, I, I have. No, I have not. You know, my I favorite is Jefferson. Throw away my, my shot. Okay, my, uh, I like. Yeah, oh, I love Jefferson. Uh, what did I miss? What, <laughs> what did, did I, I miss? miss? <laughs> and it was like um, the Revolutionary War. I love that. Other questions. All right. So Eliza Hamilton, Eliza mm-hmm. Skyler Hamilton. This is a great one. Yeah, she's really, really Why interesting. Why haven't we thought about doing this one before? I have thought about her a lot. Okay. And I just sort of didn't. I thought it was too easy, I think. Yeah, I know. Sometimes we do skip over those. But those um, ladies, you but know. she matters. She matters too. A lot. That's right. You could do an entire musical from her point of view. That's right. Oh, I like that. Are you listening, Lin-Manuel Miranda? Did I say your name right? That was quick. Lin-Manuel we, Miranda. I can And we it. should star in it. And we should star in it. I'll get some voice lessons. It'll be fine. I can already (laughs) rap really well. Just don't ask any of my friends. Um, (laughs) So she was born in Albany, New York on August 9th, 1757. 1757. Wow. That's like a long time ago. Like we did not have a country yet. Right. She was the second daughter of the Continental Army General, Philip Schuyler. He was a Revolutionary War general, and uh, her mother was Catherine Van. Mm, okay, because <laughs> they were Dutch. See, I'm laughing because I did. <laughs> I literally did this like 20 minutes ago. You did. Now it's my turn. <laughs> Rensselaer, Rensselaer, Rensselaer. 
Skylar, it's fine. You got a girl. She was like a fancy family. Okay. They were oh. richer than rich. I don't want to go into it. Really? Super crazy rich. She had seven siblings who lived to adulthood, including, and they said whoa, this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How many? Seven. Okay. So we we're both talking about a woman who had seven, seven siblings. siblings. Hmm. Right? When you said, I was like, oh, interesting. Um, and the Wikipedia tells you, including Angelica Schuyler and Margarita Peggy Schuyler, both had married. Uh, no, Peggy didn't get married. Did she? I don't know. I'm not talking about her. She probably Angelica. did back then. So in Hamilton, of course, there's the Schuyler sisters. Right, with right. Eliza. I can't sing it right now, <laughs> but it's with Angelica and Peggy and Peggy. Um, and uh, but they had 14 siblings in total. So seven lived to adulthood. Oh, gotcha. Oh, that makes more mama, sense. Okay. Mama birthed 14 babies. Girl, I just don't understand. I would be like, you're not looking at me, let alone touching me. I'm done. You know, um, we were talking about Watchmen before we came on the oh, yeah, air. Yeah. Um, uh, Miriam's husband was schooling me. He is obsessed with it. And he was like, he was like, ask me all the questions because I think I have all the answers. Yeah. And I'm just like, because I'm not familiar with the comics. And so anyway, but he, you guys should check it knows, out. It's brilliant. He knows all about all of this. Yeah, it's so good. But and he'll tell you he doesn't. He's I like, know he's like I kind of don't. He's very but ask me all the questions. He knows more than you and I. He's so. very humble. He yeah. is. He's humble man. But it reminds me of that uh, the Jeremy Irons when he's like making new people. Yeah, it's creepy. And so oh when my you God, say, that's so creepy. I know when I think about like fourteen kids, I'm like, that's the only way I'd be able to have fourteen yeah. kids. And yet I could not watch that happen. That was so creepy to me. Like it's very creepy. He just plucks them out of like the water or something, yeah, and then puts them in an oven. In an oven, literally, and it's like a baby, and then it's a full grown adult. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. Um. That's the only way I could have fourteen children. Yeah. Don't talk to me if you need fourteen children from a person. And then you lose seven. And then you lose People don't seven. talk about that. Like you lose seven because babies. Because it doesn't matter how many babies. Like you have a baby, you want that baby. Like you have, I mean, just biology is going to make you. I've never been pregnant. I've never had kids. Uh-huh. Uh, mm-hmm. And I can't imagine how heartbroken I would be if my my baby did not survive. Yeah, it, I mean, seven times? Oh, I can't. Yeah. And they all, they were And that not, was common. Like, yeah, it was Infant common. mortality was, yeah. and they were well off. And it, it's interesting, but like, well, it was common back then. I'm like, but it doesn't mean people didn't have feelings. Right. It does mean people tried to cover their feelings to protect themselves. That's why they were so mean. Which is, yeah, maybe why all of history. Yeah. Maybe why insert everything that happened ever here. You know, like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in the way Wikipedia wrote it, I just thought I'd quote it. Like many landowners of, bleh, I cannot speak. Like many landowners of the time, Philip Schuyler owned slaves. So this to me right here, the way it's phrased. Well, yeah. Is trying to make you feel like it's totally fine. It's totally fine. Philip Schuyler's a super nice guy, mm-hmm. did nothing wrong. Everyone else had slaves, so he had slaves too. But I would just like to point that out because... I feel like it's important to recognize that many people chose not to have slaves of the day. It's not like every rich person had them. And so I think we we as a society now try to normalize slavery in a way that isn't necessary. That But I do think it's important to remind people that it was so normal. So when people are like, 
oh, get over it, black people. I think what they fail to understand is the economic connection that slavery yeah. is ingrained. The first recorded slaves were brought here in 1619. Yeah. So by this time, where we're in 17... It's like 150 years later. Yeah. So I, I know what you're saying. Like, let's not... And when we try and normalize the, the it to way, say, oh, but that's just how it, it was. Yeah. Like, you you erase the brutality of it. That's my point. And the insidiousness of, like... And we're not talking about old-timey slavery, like ancient slavery. Well, like you said. Right. Seven years. Right. They had rules. That, actually, they had rules... Because slavery's been to get around for the beginning. Yeah, yeah. You had to feed them. And they, they, they have a way out. They keep their babies yeah. and they have a way out. They have a way out. This American but form of slavery was, uh, new. Was, was very new. But I know what you're saying. But I also, I think we need to be honest about like how ingrained in the society it was and how fundamental slavery was to the economic progress it's of true. this country and the and in the western world in general because let's not forget i love how the english are like with americans oh, it's I so know, racist right? i'm mm. like uh england india the colonies yeah we came africa you. you're colonizing everyone, china and then when you weren't colonizing you were coming to America yeah. to get rid of some natives. So, and at this point, it's, tell me again about your ethics. It's English people, so it's English people and Dutch people, we are and like English and Dutch. Um, but I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Like I, I once, I told yeah. you this was years ago. I took a yoga class, and I don't know why she was doing this, but she was like, think about what is normal for you i don't know oh you yeah 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 and then it was at one point it was normal to have slaves and i was just like you know what (laughs) you know what (laughs) that's not okay somebody has an agenda you're like lady i just came to yoga can i like be zen for like half a minute even black people like can we not talk about slavery and yoga (laughs) damn yoga class god damn it so when i and as a white lady you're like why is she bringing up slavery you guys, it was bad, right? It was bad. <laughs> um, so I became more conscious. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Of when I see things phrased in certain yeah. ways, I'm like, you know what? Like, it's kind of to ameliorate the the idea yeah. of people owning people for a lifetime and their offspring. That's the thing people forget. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's not just like seven years you can buy yourself out and then. Nope. You know, no, or eventually, uh, in in ancient times, eventually, or even in in, um, pre-Atlantic slave trade, you would eventually be brought into the society. So your offspring could have an opportunity into the society. Right. right? Our form, we need to be clear and clear because people aren't getting it, I don't think. Yeah. That there's such an excuse in our culture now that well slavery was started yeah. we didn't invent slavery Sla- well we did invent this we form invented of this form of slavery this is not this is this has no precedent you know why because of money 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 we're not particularly more assholic than the others <laughs> no. we just found a way to get more money to monetize out of it. it and so that's what because imagine having if walmart didn't have they already don't pay the people enough right no they don't if, if all those people work for free and then not only they work for free but all their offspring work right. for free and, and then their offspring decided their free. offspring should go to the walmart in india yeah they could just take them just take them and walmart has billion dollar mm-hmm. profits yeah so imagine if they didn't have to pay them anything how much right? money they'd make they would be like and then they'd want to make more money so but I know so, what you're saying. I know what you're saying. That yeah, that just, that term it bothered you. It bothered like, me. Yeah. Even though you're, you're not wrong, it, yeah. it is true, and it doesn't make him like no, no, no. He was evil. Uh, you know, he was, but he wasn't. 
He could have risen above. If he had any kind of Christianness mm. about okay, him that we a lot there. of these people want to, yeah, purport, I'm going yeah, there, yeah, I get it. then it would bother him to own it people. It should. It should. It should bother him. Um, it doesn't go any more into that, yeah. actually, but I just sometimes. And like if he was very wealthy, that oh, very wealthy. equals, that means a lot of slaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so she grew up around slavery. Mm hmm. Um, her father served in the French and Indian War, which was fought in part near her childhood home. But I think it, she, she herself, her childhood was still very comfortable. She learned to read and she learned to sew from her mother. So she didn't go to school, but she was a girl. Home but school. she she learned to read. <laughs> she was a girl. Just a girl. But back then, I think rich people had um, governesses anyway. Yeah. yeah. And so there was an education there. Yeah. Uh, her family belonged to the Reformed Dutch Church of Albany, which is still around. Um, oh. And her upbringing instilled in her a strong and unwavering faith that she would retain throughout her life. And see, this is what I'm talking about. When people are like, I believe in the mm-hmm. Lord Jesus. He's with me, but not with you guys, yeah. clearly. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's basically what yeah. that is. So when she was a girl, she accompanied her father to a meeting of the Six Nations and met Benjamin Franklin when he stayed briefly with her family when he was traveling. Oh. She was said to have been something of a tomboy when she was young. And throughout her life, she retained a strong will and even an impulsiveness that her acquaintances noted. So one quote from from a, a person who knew her, uh, a guy named James McHenry, who was one of Washington's aides, um, said, quote, Hers was a strong character with its depth and warmth, whether of feeling or temper controlled, but glowing underneath, bursting through at times in some emphatic expression. So she had a lot of thoughts. <laughs> And a lot of opinions. That's always good in a girl. I like that about her. Yeah. So in 1780, she went to go stay with her aunt, Gertrude Schuyler Cochran, in Morristown, New Jersey. There she met Alexander Hamilton, who was one of General George Washington's aides-de-camp. If you listened to the musical as much as I did, you already knew that. Uh, he was stationed along with the general and his men in Morristown for the winter. So they actually had met previously about two years earlier. He stayed for dinner whilst doing really? official things. Um, but they didn't keep in touch. Hmm. And there's a novel out there. If you read the novel, they make that scene very, very... Longing. <gasps> moment. And- a moment. I think she's 15, though, so... Mm. I mean, oh. I had longing when I was 15, don't get me wrong. but Maybe longing on her side. You know. Because how, how much older was he of her? Do I know? don't know. Because if you're, if you're 15 yeah. and he's 19, you're like, oh, my God, he's so cute. And he's like. You're like, he's a man. He's like, That's about the age where you're like, wait a minute. Is that my future? I like it. Because he has a little bit of wisp oh, of a, a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, oh, my God, he's so manly. It's true. <laughs> I never had crushes on boys my age. Like, no, I didn't have crushes on a lot of boys. Fifteen, I was yeah. I was destined to be a lesbian, but I was not one. So it didn't work out for me. No, no. But I do remember having. I had crushes on famous guys. Oh yeah. But none of them I knew. I I mean, my brothers did have this one guy. His name was Michael. Oh my god. I thought Michael was so cute because he he has soft fucking voice like Michael Jackson. Uh, His uh name is Michael. Well, so of course, okay. Yeah, I had a crush on him anymore, does it? Oh, and I did have a crush on this boy named Tony Bell. Bethany, you just lied about not having any crushes. I didn't have a lot though. I wasn't boy crazy. I 
I didn't. Wasn't boy crazy. I wasn't boy. I was never. You know those girls are boy crazy. Yeah, they like. I, had I wasn't. Friends who were, and I. I remember finally, like, I had like a real crush when I was like twelve or thirteen. I don't remember on who. Weird, because I remember like when I was fourteen, I had this massive crush on this boy, and I'm not, and had no, and then I had like another mass like. And I'd have like three like really big crushes. Yeah. But I was so immature. Like I wanted nothing to do with them. Yeah. I, I just, know what you mean. Like, I just wanted them to say hey to me in the hall. And I'd be like, yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, like, oh my God. Oh my God. And then you think about that for like months on end. Like, and he likes me. Yeah. He likes me. If okay, he just he smiles me. at you, yeah, it's just like. That's like all I need. I'm yeah. like, I'm done. Bye. I know. <laughs> ah! <laughs> yeah. So yes, it could have been that he, he was there. He probably didn't even notice her because she's 15. Right. I might be making up that she was 15, by the way. Hashtag not historians. But she was a teenager. She yeah. was a young teenager. Okay. I, th- I think she was 15, 16, something like that. Um, so, uh, but then she met him, met him. So while she was there, she also became friends. And she met and became friends with Martha Washington. Oh. Who we have talked about before. Yes, we have. It was a friendship they would maintain throughout their husband's political careers. Eliza later said of Mrs. Washington, she was always my ideal of a true woman. Now, if you hear the tone in my voice, (laughs) you might sense an opinion I have of Martha Washington. Abigail Adams is more my speed. I love Abigail Adams. And we have to do her one day. We do. I don't know. She's definitely much more of a modern kind of. Yeah. So what I know, they don't talk about this. I know that Alexander Hamilton was anti-slavery. Oh, yeah. So I think he and Benjamin Franklin, my favorite yes. founding father. Um, Even though he's a horrible dad. And they were very, it was awful yeah, father. Awful father. Never. And he, he wanted our national bird to be a turkey. No, he's, he's the guy friend that you don't let your girlfriend stay. Yeah, you exactly. Because he. But you may not look at him like that. Because no. Benjamin Franklin had mm-hmm. all the ladies. Mm-hmm. And probably all the syphilis. So let's not that's, go there. That's a good point. That's a good right? point. That's, I'm just saying. Good point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't think that man wore a condom. Um, so, but it's really interesting because her father had slaves and Martha Washington obviously yeah. was very into her love of owning <laughs> slaves. Mm-hmm, no what do you opinion. mean? They're part of the family. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, we love you. It's basically family with me having total control of everything and you having <laughs> no autonomy whatsoever. Not ever. Yeah. Um, what's wrong? <laughs> what's wrong? What's wrong with that? But so I do find that, I don't know, an interesting dichotomy that. But see, it's all of her I perspective. I can see why people, you know, would, you know, like Martha Washington, who also came from a well-off family um, and who really epitomizes sort of like what woman, white womanhood was supposed to be. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. just about, you know, supporting being, your husband, supporting your husband, your family. She, you know, they put on plays uh, mm-hmm. for the troops and, you know, she was really involved in that. And like she was very domestic in that sense, yes. you know, and but Eliza was too. Yeah. But so. but giving like her husband strategic ideas, that's more Abigail Adams territory because she's highly intelligent Little and learned. Little bit Eliza too. Yeah. I so. found out. Oh, OK. Mm-hmm. So, um. Because I'm assuming uh, Eliza was a lot younger than uh, Martha. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think so. So I think to some degree she looked up to her. Yeah. Um, So the relationship between Eliza and Hamilton grew quickly. uh, And even after he left Morristown, it says for a short mission to negotiate a prisoner's exchange. Good to know. Only a month after she had arrived. Then he returned to Morristown where Elizabeth's father had also arrived. 
because he was representing the Continental Congress. And by early April, they were officially engaged with her father's blessing, which is something of an anomaly for the Schuyler girls because her two sisters, uh, Angelica and Catherine, ended up eloping. Oh, really? Was particular. So he liked he liked him. Huh. He liked him a lot. So after two more months of separation, uh, in which they still wrote each other letters, on December 14th, 1780, Alexander Hamilton and Elizabeth Schuyler were married at the Schuyler Mansion. After a short honeymoon at the Pastures, which is, I think, her childhood home, uh, Hamilton returned to military service in early January. She soon joined him at New Windsor, where Washington's army was now stationed, and she rekindled her friendship with Martha Washington as they both entertained their husband's fellow officers. Gotcha. So I think yeah, she yeah. became like, she like learned from her how to do these things. Right. But soon, Washington and Hamilton had a falling out, and the couple moved away. First back to her father's house and then to a home across the river from the New Windsor headquarters. There, Eliza busied herself in creating a home for them and in aiding Alexander with his political writings. So part of his parts of his 31-page letter to Robert Morris, laying out much of the financial knowledge that was to aid him later in his career, are in her handwriting. So from oh. what I know, those writings were the beginnings of the basis for our current financial systems that are still in place. But how could her lady brain, I'm not sure. like, write all of that down? Like, that, like with words, like, on the page. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, I think it's interesting, too, because, like, how do you write when you're writing all the time? But in the musical, yeah, yeah. And how do you? Eliza, that's how. Yeah. Like, he wrote and he wrote and he wrote. But he he didn't write any right. He had he had help. She well, anytime a man is like, I did all this. You're like, uh, did you cook your food? Did mm-hmm. you, like you said, write mm-hmm. all your stuff down? Who cleaned your bathroom? Yeah. Did was that? You know, Malcolm Gladwell, uh, when he talks about uh, the ten thousand hours or whatever, he was like, yeah. essentially, what I'm getting at is that, you know, no one. Taught it, you know, people who have people doing all these kinds of things for them, yeah, have time to devote to something to get better at, right? Oh, yeah. So, if you are remember when we long time ago we did uh Tanya Harding, yes, and I was talking about how, like, you know, before you become, you know, you're trying to get like a sponsorship. Because if you don't, you have to work a full-time job mm-hmm. and you have to yeah. train full-time. You literally have no enough hours in the day. Like You, you have, have to, to do all of at that. Some point. Yeah. And it's like, so if you have to wash your dishes, cook your food, da da da, da like that takes all the time away from you have from training yep. or writing or doing all this other stuff. So when these men... Yeah, white men seem like they've they've made all the accomplishments yeah, because like, they've what? had all these people do it. <laughs> so what? That was like, me. Their wives and their mothers and their uh-huh. their servants and their you know Meanwhile, like she's about to pop out children for him. Yeah, how's the like if you have money? Like I had a girlfriend um, and a lot of professional, newly professional black women who may come from like middle class or working class uh, class backgrounds feel guilty when they have children and they want to hire a nanny. Yeah. And I've had to have several conversations with my girlfriends who are doing very well, um, much better than I am. Um, and they're like, <laughs> um, I want to hire somebody, but I just feel like guilty. I'm like, girl, you better hire somebody. I was yep. like, Hey, you will be providing a way for another woman to make, make money, a living, make a living. Yeah. But B you just pay people a proper salary 
but don't ever feel bad about having money to pay for help <laughs> like i'm yeah. like and it's the idea and that the fact is like raising children is a full-time job so yep if you can't yep do every single aspect of it which a lot of our mothers did right but but I also think like but did they? they no, they did, had they, they had did. a lot of extended family help. They had extended family help. They have latchkey kids. Yep. They had go in your room. I can't talk to you. Yep. They had you know what I mean like they had help. They had to have help. You cannot yeah. devote every ounce of your energy. You can't to a child. 10 hours a day yeah which they're not in school that long to be (laughs) frankly like I had a girlfriend and when I was still in New York and it's so funny because her kids are so big now it's so funny but I remember she had her first baby and she said to me she's like Lavetta I just I'm thinking about you having a lady just come in like Mm -hmm. once a week for like four hours so I can go to Target yeah without having to like get the stroller out get on the train Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like she's like or to even take a shower like take yoga guys get an ice cream cone that's you what I told her. And I was like, coffee. I was like, look, girl, I'm not going to say her name on, on air. But I was like, you, you married well. <laughs> her husband went to Yale. So funny. I was teasing her because she, when they first started dating. She's like, I don't know. He's kind of boring. I was like, he went to Yale. I was like, you need to send him over to me. <laughs> marry him or I'll marry him. She's one like, he's kind of boring. One of us is going like, to marry that man. I was like, wait a minute. He worked on Wall Street and he went to Yale. I was like, you need to send him over to me. There's a mm-hmm. black guy. <laughs> so anyway i Share so love or keep him i tell her i was like i'm the reason you guys got married because i convinced you because she was <laughs> like he's so boring i was like you're used to these players you're used to these bad guys you don't know a good guy when you yeah. see one so anyway but it's so funny but Aww, he they, got they made money and she's she's uh also she's an accountant so okay. she did really great as well but she's like i feel guilty i was like girl <laughs> It's like one day a week for four hours. I was like, you need somebody there twice a week. Twice a week. Because maybe you'll go to movies. That's what I'm saying. And she's like, really? I was like, yes. By yourself. I was like, don't ever. I was like, mama got to be happy too. Yes. And I think she listened to me and she's like, yeah, you're right. Because she was trying to save money. I was like, you guys can afford it, sweetie. Like, it's really interesting. Like, the things that people think they need money for. I'm like, you yeah. Need, your sanity is worth so much money. Say that again. It just is. And then you're right. You're used to be an aunt. You could leave the baby. Yep. You didn't have to think about it. Yep. Oh, if they cry their bottles in the fridge or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, like. But, but be, especially if back. you can afford it. Like, that's but what you spend your money on. Because I think she just felt, you know, because they tell women you have to be everything. I'm like, that's a lie. <laughs> You can't. I, a I lie. tried. I didn't try that hard. I was like, nope, can't do it. But I also had two at the same time. But so I, I yeah, like, that's true. That's different. But I, I told her, I was like, you know, I was like, that's why poor people, poor women are so stressed. Yeah. I was and like, you know what? They're not the best parents. Yeah, because they no, can't afford. They yeah. They can't afford. Like, they can't, if, unless their parents are around or they have help, family I help. Think, I think about this and I'm not, this is not knocking those parents. Let no, no, not at all. Clear, because I'm talking about myself as well. There are moments where like if, if my husband's out of town or whatever mm-hmm. and then, or even when he's here and he has to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted to do, all, I was like the best mom for about three hours on Saturday. <laughs> it was Sunday. <laughs> three hours on Sunday. Um, but they con- they constantly need. They constantly they want. Kids got so much energy. And they're not like assholes. No. It's just their design. But at one point, I was like, buddy, I made breakfast. I have to clean this. It's not going to clean itself. And then I will come to you. And I thought, if I had like a perma maid in the kitchen waiting to both cook and clean, and if I had that, right, I'd be able to be there at his beck and call and do everything. Right. What is he learning? Yeah. 
Yeah. So these things were like, we can't be there as much. They're actually learning yeah. how to how to balance it. Well, I think it's just the way society lies to women to make yeah. them feel, to make women feel bad about themselves. Because <laughs> totally. these these bitches are lying when they're like, I these mommy blogs, I do this. Bitch is lying. She does you, not do all that. Three and a half okay. hours of so sort of solo parenting, perfectly capable yeah. children. They are not babies. And I was like, I'm going upstairs to work out. There is no shame. I'm out of here. I will be back in 40 minutes. Mommy loves you very much. That's right. Um, There's no shame in having help. There's no shame in having a nanny. Just pay people uh, an appropriate salary. That's all I say. There should never be. Yeah. In fact, you're off. You're getting. We we've solely got off. I know we totally got off. uh, But we're talking about womanhood and all this. Yeah. Yes. And whatever your journey is, too. I think it's fine. Yeah. As long as you love your kids, honestly. And it's okay for women to make mistakes, whether you're a mother or not. Yeah. It's okay. But women can't make mistakes. God forbid. I I listened to this podcast talking about how men fail up all the goddamn time. We make one mistake and we go into a six month depression over it. No. Pick yourself up. I've said it before and I will say it again. Men overestimate how good they are at something. (laughs) And how good looking, how charming. Uh Yep, all the things. They think they're the best. And women underestimate everything about ourselves. I'm fat, I'm dumb, I'm ugly. No, you're not. Including the the size of our thighs. Yeah, you know what? The size of your thighs is not the size of your worth. Yeah, that's right. Unless they're huge, in which case you are amazing. Yeah. Rock out. It doesn't matter. It's beautiful. And there's somebody out there who wants to get... Trust me. Yeah. There's a lot out there (laughs) who wants to touch them. Okay. Um, all right. Where was I? No idea. Okay. So, so she had, she wrote parts of yeah. the 31 page letter. So then soon she moved back to her parents' house, probably because she was pregnant with her first child. Oh, see, she moved back to be around family right, to help. Because yeah. who's going to help her? Yep. Certainly not Alexander. No. He's busy running the country, but someone needs to help with that child. That's right. Um, helping raise his children. And let's be real. The slaves were probably helping raise oh, yeah, his yeah, children. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, let's, yeah. let's not like look at her mother yeah. <laughs> to think that anything was happening right there. Exactly. Um, so... The child was born named Philip for her father. Okay. Um, That's nice. That's a nice gesture, right? And yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's sweet. So while they were apart, he wrote her numerous letters telling her not to worry for his safety. And in addition, he wrote her concerning confidential military secrets, including the lead up to the Battle of Yorktown that autumn, which was a very big secret. Also, he really... So she must have been... He was... He respected her a lot. Yeah. Like she wasn't an airhead. Like, oh, just... She, yeah, and he, I think they had a very, I don't want to say balanced relationship. No, I know what you mean. For the time, probably, yeah. yeah. Sounds like he didn't so, want to marry an idiot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. So the the war came close to their home when British soldiers attempted to raid the pastures. Now, which is where she was living. According okay. to some accounts, the family was spared from harm thanks to her sister Peggy's quick thinking. She told the raiders that her father had gone to town to get help, and this caused them to flee, which oh. saved the baby's life, saved her life, right, saved Peggy. her mother's life. Pretty cool. Uh, after Yorktown, he was able to rejoin her in Albany, and they stayed there for another two years uh, before moving to New York City in late 1783. Earlier that year, Angelica, her sister, and her husband, John Barker Church, for business reasons, had moved to Europe. Now, in the musical, there's a whole thing where he loves her and she's got this the best rap ever. Mm-hmm. 
and I won't do it now, but a year ago I would have. Um, <laughs> and there's like tension there. There's mm-hmm. no real basis for that tension. Right. Yeah. Uh, she was already married when she originally first met. Yeah, they say they him. take they took creative he, license. Lin Manuel yeah. Miranda really admits it. Yeah, yeah, of course, um, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I'm just gonna say that there. So she gave birth to her second child, Angelica. Uh, on September 25th, so close to our birthdays, 1784. So she sat in 1787, Eliza sat for a portrait, which was uh, executed by the painter Ralph Earl while he was being held in debtor's prison. <laughs> so he, Alexander heard of his predicament and asked if Eliza might be willing to sit for him to allow him to make some money and eventually buy his way out of prison, which he did. Oh. Um, at this time, she now had three young children. Her Ooh. third was Alexander, born May 1786. And she was probably pregnant with her fourth, James Alexander, who was going to be born next April. So in addition to their own children, in 1787, they took into their home uh, Fanny Francis, but they called her Fanny, until a two-year-old, the youngest child of Hamilton's friend, Colonel Edward Antill, whose wife had recently passed. So in October that year, Angelica wrote to Alexander, what? Oh, yeah. This is printed and they can't read it. (laughs) I was going to say it's printed. The problem might be me. (laughs) Never thought about that before. (laughs) It was just a very sweet thing that she said, was all the graces you have been pleased to adorn me with fade before the generous and benevolent action of my sister in taking the orphan Antle under her protection. So they, they were very Aww, moved by this yeah. gesture. Two-year-old baby. I know. Baby. So yeah. two years later, Colonel Antle died in Canada. Oh, wow. And Fanny continued to live with the Hamiltons for another eight years. So she was 12 when an older sister was married and was able to take Fanny into her oh, own okay. home. Um, later, James Alexander... Uh, their son wrote that Fanny was educated and treated in all respects as the Hamilton's own daughter. Okay. They had an active social life. They often attended the theater as well as various balls and parties. She wrote, I had little private, I had little of private life in those days. At the first inaugural ball, Eliza danced with George Washington. Uh Uh-huh. And when Thomas Jefferson, uh huh, returned from Paris <laughs> in 1790. She and Alexander hosted a dinner for him. Okay. Um, uh, if you listen to our podcast all the time, then you know what I'm saying. I have opinions about Tom- oh, Thomas motherfucking oh, Jefferson. Thomas. Hmm. He's black, worse. Black people like to sleep with animals, but you were sleeping with Sally. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Oh, but he did have a thing about because she was light-skinned. So. <laughs> so not only is he racist. I can't. I can't. He's a colorist on top he's of like it. a colorist and a racist. But it's like, Jefferson, do you, did you have a mirror back then? Because I often think of these portraits of them, right? Yeah. The portraits, you know the portraits are like airbrush versions of what oh, we have, right? Real. Or like it's filters, like a, right? filter. That's, and he's still not Clar- that attractive. That's some Clarendon shit right there. I know, right? And that's still not that cute. And he's still not that attractive yeah. in his portrait. So mm. I'm like, I bet in person, mm, mm. Mm. <laughs> Thomas, you're welcome. Okay? You're, mm. I mean, it goes to show you, though, that you can respect somebody on one end and just be like, that's he was a motherfucker. Because again, what do we say? If you haven't listened to the Sally Hemings yeah, go episode, back go back and listen to, to it. Because you'll see mm. our gripe with him, 
right? It's not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. Poor Can't Sally. Be like, I love our founding fathers casually anymore. Yeah, you no. can't do that. This they, would be like, I respect like, our founding fathers, but they got and some issues. I'm glad that they set certain precedents for our country. Yeah. But personally speaking, yeah. they're a mess and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Alexander, what I love about, and probably Wylan Monroe, yeah, whole I thing, think so too. Is that he was he was against slavery. Mm-hmm. He was he's pro, an immigrant. He's an immigrant. Yep. Who found his way in New York City? Like it's we can all kind of relate to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and did not come from any sort of money right were these like jefferson and these Washington. rich white motherfuckers and then they married wives with a lot of money mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. they talk about living in your bubble mm-hmm. jesus um we can still talk shit about him again I benjamin mean, franklin's my favorite yeah look it up i like do. him even don't though don't like touch his penis don't. because you'll get a disease he must look like a turtle yeah, yeah. and he had all the ladies you know he's just one of those guys that uh yeah. They just like no. There are guys out there like that. He, he looks look like a you. turd, but he, all the ladies, all the ladies are like, "Oh my God, Benny!" But like, the next <laughs> thing you know, his penis is in your vagina. Yeah, and, and you're just like, like, "How did this just, happen?" He looks like a turtle. I, I don't. Like, why am I? Because I yeah. want to. Weird. Um. Okay. <laughs> Some men have it. It's not yeah. about looks. Some men just no, have it. It's just like a thing. Yeah. I, I don't understand. Um. So, uh, after he, Alexander became Treasury Secretary in 1789. Also in the musical, her social duties only <laughs> increased. Um, early historian writes, Mrs. Hamilton, Mrs. Sarah Jay, and Mrs. Lucy Knox, uh, John Jay and Henry Knox's wives, uh, were the leaders of official society. Oh. In addition, she managed their household. Um and James McHenry once noted to Alexander that Eliza had, quote, as much merit as your treasurer as you have as treasurer of the United States. Oh. So she got shit done. Okay. Um, she continued to aid him through his political career, serving as an intermediary between him and his publisher when he was writing the Federalist Papers. Remember the Federalist Papers, oh, you yeah. guys? Yeah. That was her helping that out. He married she, well. He did. She copied out portions of his defense of the Bank of the United States and sitting up with him so he could read Washington's farewell address out loud to her as he wrote it. Mm. Yeah. She's a ride or die. Um, Alexander, you... She really is. Yeah, you married well. And I don't mean like money-wise, but like a capable, yeah, yeah, intelligent, one who loved you, wanted you to succeed. Um, So she continues to raise her children. She had a fifth kid, John Church Hamilton, Born August 1792. Like all this shit happening while she's just pregnant most of the time. Uh, And she maintained their household throughout multiple moves between New York, Philadelphia, and Albany. While in Philadelphia, around November 24th, 1794, she suffered a miscarriage. Mm. Uh, It was in the wake of her youngest child falling extremely ill, as well as over her worries of Hamilton's absence during his armed suppression of the suppression of the whiskey rebellion, you guys can Google that. You you took a test yeah. on it in high school. <laughs> um, that was what it was set. I mean, she might have just had a miscarriage. Sometimes yeah. miscarriages happen. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times, there's just something off with how the baby is yeah. progressing, and your body says, "No, this doesn't work." Side note: um, I just feel like it's important to note that yeah. just because. Uh, Women blame themselves for being yeah, exactly. out. Yeah, exactly. Then it's and like more often. I mean, in general, they, there's no proof of that. No, I think it's nature's way of being like. Mm. No, this one's not good. Yeah, or we're not gonna ha- bring this little one in the world and have it. Yeah, you know, it happens. Suffer. Um. 
So he resigned from public office immediately afterwards in order to resume his law practice in New York and remain closer to his family. Right. My guess is she was having a little bit of a melty moment. I would have a lot of bit of a melty moment. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting. He was away from her a lot. And when you're really in love with someone, you don't want them away from you. Yeah. But I if you're just like, nah, I kind of like him. I mean, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which a lot of marriages back but then it were. sounds like they had a really solid connection. Yeah, that's hard. And then if you're pregnant and then he's away from you, oh, that'd be really and hard. And you lose, you have a miscarriage and he's yeah. away. I'm sure she was like, I'm not okay. Yeah. So, 1797, all of you who love this musical know what I'm about to talk about. Mm. An affair came to light that had taken mm-hmm. place several years earlier between Hamilton and Maria Reynolds a woman who had first approached him for monetary aid in the summer of 1791. I don't want to say no to this. Ah, you know that. That's song. a great. Uh, it's such a beautiful oh, song. Oh, and the way the lighting. I just You guys got to um, see Hamilton. It's the, so that, good. That, that, that choreography that, and that That choreography song, is so good. Oh, my, oh my God. God. So good. So Because I knew the song really well. And yeah. when I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, this so is good. good. Um, so good. So Evidently, Eliza didn't believe the charges when they were first leveled against her Of course not. Um, Her brother-in-law wrote to Hamilton that it makes not the least impression on her, only that she considers the whole knot of those opposed to you to be scoundrels. So after he returned home to Eliza on July 22nd and assembled... Can you not read your handwriting? <laughs> it's really sad. So he he wrote a draft and then he wrote another draft um, of the Reynolds papers, mm-hmm. right? Um, the Reynolds pamphlet mm-hmm. where he admitted to his one year adulterous affair in order to refute the charges that he had been involved in speculation and public. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. With her husband, James Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eliza was then pregnant with her sixth child. <gasps> um Despite her advanced pregnancy and previous miscarriages, uh, or previous miscarriage, just one, um, her initial reaction to her husband's disclosure of his past affair was to leave Hamilton in New York and join her parents in Albany, where her son, William Stephen, was born August 4th, 1797. Um, She came back to New York in early September 1797, which is not long with a four-week-old baby. Yeah. In 1797. Um, Did you come back to stab him? That's what I would have done. Because. Like a motherfucker. Right? I got to well, see you. Philip, their oldest son, the local doctor had been unable to cure their eldest son who had come with her. And he, oh. had been, he so Philip had contracted typhus while he was up Ooh, there. Okay. And they couldn't fix it. And in New York, there are better doctors. Yeah. Who yeah, were able yeah. To fix it. Um, they reconciled and they remained married and had two more children. Um, now. There are current historian theories that he actually didn't have an affair, mm-hmm. that he actually did uh, fuck around with money for lack of Oh, really? That actually that was because why would you tell everyone you had an affair and write it down? Well, I guess if you feel like you're being Um, blackmailed, because what's the thing that like they were going to use that to really. And that's true that that happened. They're like, I hear that this is happening. He was like, no, no, no. I'm fucking around on my wife. That's better. Right. And but he was like, I did nothing wrong. Well, with a money man like him being accused of embezzling is. Right. It was too much. He was he would rather. And whether or not 
like so so that's just it's yeah that's a theory yeah, yeah yeah but i'm sure for her sake whether or not he did it you just untold the whole world no that you cheated on me for a year for a year not just like a one-off also never touch another woman i will kill you you will die but that's for said, a whole year for a year and to tell everybody it's embarrassing oh yes you know so, but they, and I, fi- I find it interesting because they stayed together and they had two more babies. Now, uh, the first baby to come after this happened was Elizabeth, named for Eliza, born November 20th, 1799. Right before their eighth child was born, they lost their oldest, Philip, Aww. to a duel. He died. Oh, that's right. Duel. Yeah. That heart-wrenching song. Yeah. Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. you want me to sob my brains out. Yeah. Um, it's, in- it's interesting, though, that... So they had one born in 97. That's when the affair came out. Yes. But they didn't have one until uh, 99. No, no, no. The affair, yes. So Which is interesting. She probably didn't have sex for a year. Yeah, with him. I wouldn't. I get that. Um, have but then when fun you love him. Uh, but then when you love him. See, it's like, it's like that scene in, in Moonstruck, one of my favorite movies. You love him, Loretta? Yeah, Ma, that's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing you could do when that shit happens. I remember the feeling. I was supposed to marry a Jewish kid. And yeah. I was like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. I'm not walking away. Um, yeah. What was true from the musical and the, tr- the fact mm-hmm. is that both his parents were next to him when he died. Oh. Uh, so their last child was born the next June 1802 and was named little philip that must have been hard uh only two years later july 1804 alexander hamilton became involved in a similar (laughs) affair of honor which led to his infamous duel with aaron burr and his untimely death you know your history books let's move on so i will say before the duel he wrote eliza two letters telling her and it's in the musical, but I'm going to say it anyways because it's beautiful. The consolations of religion, my beloved, can alone support you. And these you have a right to enjoy. Fly to the bosom of your God and be comforted. With my last idea, I shall cherish the sweet hope of meeting you in a better world. Adieu, best of wives and best of women. Embrace all my darling children for me. That's very sad. Oh. Um, so in the year before the duel... Eliza's mother, Catherine, died suddenly. And only a few months after Hamilton's death, her father died as well. Oh, my God. Um, By this time, two of her siblings, Peggy and John, had also died. I don't know how she's functioning. I don't understand. The level of psychiatric needs must be so high. So, upon her husband's death in 1804, she was left to pay Hamilton's debts. The Grange, their house on a 35-acre estate in Upper Manhattan, was sold at public auction. It's probably a bunch of apartments right now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, However, she was later able to repurchase it from Hamilton's executors, who had decided that that Eliza could not be publicly dispossessed of her home Mm. and purchase it themselves to sell back to her at half the price. Oh. That was very nice. These are decent guys. So in November 1833, at the age of 76, she resold the Grange for $25,000, funding the purchase of a New York townhouse, now called the Hamilton Holly House, where she lived for nine years with two of her grown children, Alexander Hamilton Jr. and Eliza Hamilton Holly, and their spouses. In 1848, she left New York for Washington, D.C., where she lived with her widowed daughter, Eliza, until 1854. So everyone's just dying. 
1798, although she's living a long life, she had accepted her friend Isabella Graham's invitation to join the descriptively named Society for the Relief of Poor Widows with Small Children that had been established the previous year. In 1806, two years after her husband's death, she, along with several other women, including Joanna Bethune, founded the Orphan Asylum Society. Eliza was appointed second directress, right? Because okay. director's too many. I know, for right? That. Or vice president, right? In 1821, uh, she was named first directress, or shall we say president, and served for 27 years in this role. Wow. Until she left, she left New York in 1848. By the time she left, she had been with the organization continuously uh, since its founding for a total of 42 years. So the New York Asylum, the New York Orphan Asylum Society continues to exist as a social service agency for children today called Grand Wyndham. Really? She had a so whole nother career. A whole other life. Wow. Whole, this is like a modern tale of a woman. Yes. Wow. Um, so Good for her, though. She found something to do. Because uh, I bet after all of that loss. I think loss, about Fanny. I think about the yeah. child that she took in and yeah. thought if we could set up a system where yeah. this child wouldn't be left to walk around. Yeah. I mean, honestly, there was, if you had no family, you'd be, in, yeah. you would die. Yeah, yeah. Children would luck. die. Yeah. Um, in 18, uh, what am I saying? Oh, so she petitioned Congress to publish her husband's writings in 1846. Uh, she remained dedicated to preserving her husband's legacy. She reorganized all of his letters, papers, and writings with the help of her son, John Church Hamilton, and persevered through many setbacks in getting his biography published. She was so devoted to his writings that she wore a small package around her neck that contained pieces of a sonnet that he had written her during their early days of courtship. Aww. Isn't that sweet? Like, So even in her 90s, like she always had it. Um, and she remained dedicated to charity work through her entire life. She moved to Washington, D.C. and helped Dolly Madison and Louisa Adams raise money to build the Washington Monument. Wow. You know what she reminds hey! me of? Who? Coretta Scott King. Yeah. Or Coretta Scott King reminds us of of Eliza. Right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Like they yeah. had a whole nother I like life. That. Like the second half of your life, much yeah. of it to preserving what your yeah. husband did, understanding the importance of it. Because even though you had some issues with him. Uh-huh. Yeah, they had similar issues. But you realize that you loved him dearly and you realize that his legacy was it's very not important. just for him, but for, you know. Humanity. Yeah. Really. Wow. So the ladies are the reason we have the Washington yeah. Monument. Mm, go figure. I'm uh-huh. not surprised. Yeah. It just took a few smart women. <laughs> The men finally, the men had to die. And they yeah. were like, okay, let's get this done. I know. Um, so by 1846, she suffered from short-term memory loss, but was still vividly recalling her husband. She died in Washington, D.C. on November 9th, 1854, at the age of 97. She had outlived her husband by 50 years. Wow. She had outlived all but one of her siblings. Her youngest sister was 24 years her junior. She's buried near her husband in the graveyard of Trinity Church in New York City. Angelica was also laid to rest at at Trinity. um, And her eldest son has an unmarked grave near the churchyard. So she had a total of eight children. Wow. That's crazy, right? Eliza Hamilton's amazing. She's kind of badass. 
Yeah, because so many, you know, this is why women and young girls and ladies, we need to have a sense of purpose for our own lives. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because you could feel their love. And we've, I've been in love a couple of times. It's annoying. Um, It's annoying. (laughs) But, you know, but to not only fall in love, but get married and have it work for so long. And then to lose them. It's huge. With, through a fucking duel. Ugh. I mean, for the stupidest Stupidest fucking reasons. Fucking and then, ego, man. Yeah, and then lose your parents and then your kids and all this other stuff. And then to, to come through that grief and be like, okay, let me turn my attention to something to Outside help others. Of yeah. Yeah. And be so successful it's at in, it. It's incredible to me. It's wow. just incredible I'm to me. I'm impressed by her. Yeah. Me thank too. you. You're like, welcome. thank you. Like, Wow. I mean, she's the story. She's my America. Because if it, right. That's, Amer- that's, that's, my, a, yeah. that's something that I can point to and be proud yes. of. You know? Because if it were not for her preserving his legacy. Yeah, we wouldn't have that would, awesome music, to be who, totally honest. Is it because of her that they put him on the $10 bill? I wonder. Oh, I wonder. I didn't see that anywhere, but yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. He was the treasury. Yeah, he he's was, the treasury he's guy. The, he's on the $10 he bill. He was the first. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Treasury guy. Treasury, yeah. What is it? I don't know. It's Treasury secretary. Hat. Treasury secretary. That's <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. I guess I need to see the musical one more time. Yeah, and he also, he's the reason that um, it helped us to get out of debt as a nation after the war yep. with the British. So. Yep. Um, There's a rap battle about that, but anyway. Yes, there is. <laughs> uh, but, oh my God, thank you so much. She's amazing. Thank You're welcome. you. Yeah, she's awesome, right? Um. Oh, wow. I'm, I like her. I like her i like her a lot too um yeah that's you know why i looked into her more so than anything at the very end of the musical there's a moment and it's, it's heartbreaking for me you know spoiler alert he dies um <laughs> yeah. and he's looking at her like from death oh and he talk, yeah, do you remember this and he dream. talks about what she does and he sings the orphanage you live oh. you and it's this beautiful moment of like Oh my God, she goes on and that, and I'm like, well, let, I want to know more about this. Yeah, I want to know about her. Yeah, which um, is why we do this podcast. Yeah, like exactly. I mean, there it is, guys. Thank you so much again. All right, guys, that wraps it up for another episode of Notorious Women Podcast. Guys, tell us what you think about any of these episodes, yeah. you know? Um, and if you have not heard the ones that we've referenced, <laughs> the Sally Hemings <laughs> go, one, go, go Sally back. Hemings and Martha Washington. Washington. Yeah. yeah, go back They're and listen to They're near each other. Yeah, they so. are. Um, and uh, so, yeah, give us a shout out. Give us a tweet. Send us a beautiful email like Jess. Again, thank you so much, thank Jess. Thank you so much, Jess. Um, and thank you, Linda, for giving us um, yes. one of our ladies this week. Someone we, it would have been a while before we discovered yeah. her. So thank you. So thank you. Uh, you guys can uh, tweet at us or send us a message on Facebook at NotoriousWMPod. You can also follow us and tweet at us or send us a message on Instagram at Notorious Women Podcast. You can email us mm-hmm. at NotoriousWMPod at gmail.com. And don't forget Patreon. Patreon. Woo-woo. If you want to give us a couple Hamiltons. You know. $10 a month. That's cool. Or 10 Hamiltons. $10. $100. 10, like you can 10 just of do them that, a month. Know? 
or just like or a couple once. Benjamins. We'll take that. We'll take Benjamins. Uh, <laughs> we like him. We just talked about that. But that's right. But we'll also <laughs> take a Washington. Yeah, we will. For as little as a Washington a month, one dollar mm-hmm. a month, and we you become a patron. It yeah, very much. Uh, you can go to patreon.com uh, slash notorious women. That's p a t r e o n dot com slash notorious women. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 <laughs>